we think of a minister as doing what I'm doing right now behind the pulpit, but that's not what Paul was referring to. Matter of fact, some of you know this. In Paul's day, he, he was referring to something they were very familiar with. There were large galley ships that the Romans used, and they were propelled chiefly by oars with some help by sails. But a lot of it was three rows of rowers. And they would row the ship with the help of sails. And on the upper bank, if you were a rower, you got to get some fresh air. The next deck down, the air was a little bit more stale. But the lowest rowers, who were on the, the lowest, they would faint. Sometimes they, you would find them faint with the heat. Just think of today with 96 degrees and you've been stuck down in the bottom of a stifling hot ship. And there they would actually, the, the rowing would actually consume their life. Some would have, we'd be carried away dead. The, those men were chained to the oars. And they were in the worst position. That was their lot. And when Paul said, count us as ministers of Christ... It's important that you remember that what he was referring to was that lowest level, the under rowers. He said, count us as one of those. We are the under oarsmen. We tug at the oars on the lowest bench of the galley seat. And, and so we are the servants of Jesus Christ. And, and so they got the picture as he was telling them, we are the under rowers. We are the guys that are on the lowest level of the ship. And he said, and I'll tell you something, brethren. He said, it's required that we be faithful. He said, it's required. It's not an option. It's required that a man be found faithful. Listen to me carefully. When you make it home, the greatest trait that you will want to have displayed will be that of faithfulness. Now you might be a virtuoso musician. You might be an academic superb. You might be uh, wealthy or you might have such a good personality that people gravitate to you. But the trait that you will desire to have manifested will be that of faithfulness because it is the trait that it's not optional. It's the trait that is required. Dependable. Loyal. Reliable. Steadfast. Trustworthy. A faithful man. A faithful woman that holds up under fire. And you know, aren't you glad that the God we serve is faithful? If God was given to moods, it would probably already be crispy critters. God says, you know, I'm in a bad mood. You chose the wrong time to do that. But God is faithful. He's consistent. One of my favorite verses in the whole Bible is in a book called Lamentations. Now, I don't like the name Lamentations because it means sorrow and sadness. But in Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22 and 23, I love this verse, these verses. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I have just to stop and just thank God. God shows us in so many ways how faithful he is. Has there ever been a time when you may not have deserved him to answer your prayer, but he did anyhow? Has there been any times when you weren't on your best behavior and God said, Oh, I'm going to forgive you anyhow. I love you. 
Am I the only guy? Have you ever noticed how consistent God is? Did God ever say to you, you know what? You blew it and you blew it big time and I'm not letting the sun come up in the morning. I'm just mad at you. Sun will come up for others, but it won't come up for you. You know, that is possible. It's called... But it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. God brings the sun up every morning and says, Okay, darling, let's start again. Take a hold of my hand and let's go. Aren't you glad that Jesus is that kind of a Savior that loves us and he doesn't collect a whole list of things that you've done and say, Now, one more strike and you are out. Because if he was that kind of a God, guess what? We'd all be out. Somebody says, well, not me. Well, let me tell you something. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Matter of fact, on that note, I want to share something with you. Because I think sometimes the devil likes to tell somebody, you're the only one who ever has this kind of a problem. You're the only one. You are rotten to the core. You're no good, and you know you're no good. But look what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. What? You mean the same battles I'm battling? Other people are battling? That's what that says. But it's okay, because here's what I want to tell you about that. But God is faithful. Now, the devil will tell you, you're the only one that has this degree of problem. And I'm not making light of sin. We don't just say, well... God, this is the way I am, and you're going to have to take me the way I am. No, he doesn't. He will take you the way you are if you're willing to change. And he'll help you to change, right? But isn't it wonderful that I can stand here and say, what you're going through, many other people have also gone through that. And God is faithful. Watch, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. He's not going to allow you to be tempted above that you are able. But will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, is that a faithful God or what? Faithfulness is honored by God. I'm telling you folks, faithfulness is so important, and it's honored by man. I think everybody respects someone who is steadfast, without wavering, fulfilling his or her responsibilities, even sometimes with great difficulties. I'll never forget the guy that had been in the Hanoi Hilton for a long time and had been tortured nearly to death and brought back to life and tortured back to death and coming back on the military plane they were going to land in Germany and somebody tapped him on the shoulder and said you're the highest ranking officer in this group that's being brought back to the US and so when you get there they're going to ask you to say something now this guy had been Brought to death, brought back to life, brought back to death, tortured mentally, physically, every way possibly. And the plane lands in Germany. And when he gets off the plane, they ask him to say something, and he goes to the podium. Years of torture, years of sacrifice, years of not being willing to give in to the enemy. He said, I thank God I was able to serve my country under difficult circumstances. 
That's all he said after all the torture, after all the stuff that he went through. That, I look at that man and I say, that is an example of a faithful man. You see, a faithful man or woman will continue the work assigned to them, even though it might mean stress. It might mean strain. You know what? One of the things I appreciate about a, a faithful man, a faithful woman, you can trust a faithful man. You can turn your back on a faithful woman. You can turn your back on a faithful man, and they can be trusted. Now, when I was a kid, I was raised in Pentecost, and when I was a kid, we sang songs like, like the one I'm going to tell you about now. The verse says, At the sounding of the trumpet, when the saints are gathered home, we will greet each other by the crystal sea. When the Lord himself from heaven to his glory bids them come, what a gathering of the faithful that will be. And it says, what a gathering. Gathering at the sounding of the glorious jubilee. What a gathering, gathering. What a gathering of the faithful that will be. And, and we used to sing about that and talk about the coming of the Lord, how that he's coming for those who are faithful. Listen, God is going to reward your faithfulness. God is going to reward that. I remember Jesus saying these words, which I now quote, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. I'll tell you what, that characteristic of faithfulness means a lot because that's what the Lord said he's going to say well done thou good and faithful servant you know an individual may be extremely talented and bursting with ability but if he's not faithful disgrace and shame are his companions let me give you an example of that when I say the name Benedict Arnold, you do not immediately think of an American military officer who served with distinction, who served during the Revolutionary War, who was so good at what he did that he rose to the rank of Major General. When I say the word Benedict, the name Benedict Arnold, you remember him as a traitor who did not stay faithful to his country. Arnold's name across our nation has become a byword in the United States for treason, betrayal. Because, why? Because he led the British army in battle against the very men whom he had once commanded. He had been a great soldier. He had been a great general. He even did the famous march up to Quebec at great sacrifice. But most people don't think of that when they say they hear the name Benedict Arnold because he did not remain faithful to the end. Paul had a companion. His name should have been enshrined in Hebrews. He should have been a guy that would be remembered like Timothy or Titus. He was a protege of Paul. Handpicked, going to be another Timothy, another Titus, another Philemon. But instead, when we read the name Demas, we hear what Paul lamented about him in 2 Timothy 4.10. As he screamed, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. And when you think of Demas, you don't know what he did before. All you know is that Paul said, he has forsaken me. He loves this present world. Faithfulness is counted so important that our Lord said in Luke chapter 9 and verse 62, watch. He said, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Brother, 
I don't know about yesterday, but I know what God's saying today. He's saying, be thou faithful. Be thou faithful. It's not always going to be easy. It's not always, it, it's sometimes it's going to be easier just to stay home. It's going to be easier not to witness sometimes. It's going to be easier not to teach a Bible study to somebody. It's going to be easier not to hold up the discipleship part of your walk with God. But be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee, the Lord said, a crown of life. I thank God for you. I thank God for, all, for those who are custodians of this beautiful word of God. You see, we've been called to save as many souls as we can. We've been called to be salt and light. We're, we're to take it seriously. We must be steadfast, steadfast to the very last day of our life on earth. Of course, when I'm preaching this, I'm sorry, but you're going to hear some more Brother Stephen stories. Because when I think of a faithful man, I think of my friend and it's the only guy I ever met that as he's dying, he looked at me and said, I'm sorry, Brother Stoops. Sorry for what? I knew what he meant because we, we could communicate with just a few words. He was saying, I know the job is, is going to be demanding and I know there's going to be a lot to do. And I'm going to have to leave you. I'm sorry. You're going to have to carry on without me. I've stood by a lot of folks as they're leaving this world, but that was a new one. I never heard anybody ever look at me and say, I'm sorry. What was he saying? He was saying, I know the job's not done. I wanted to help you see it through. But God's calling my name and I've got to go. I'm sorry for you. You'll have to go on without me. That's what I call faithful. To be steadfast to the very last day of our lives on earth. It's not sufficient to be true and faithful for a few years and then quit. Our faithfulness is forgotten if we cease to live a faithful life. Another Brother Stephen's story. I was looking through his Bible. And I think I told some of you that I found written on the inside cover. He put these words, values that last. And he had five things listed and he, he numbered them. He said, values that last. And then he put, number one, faithfulness. That was the first thing he had on his list of the most important characteristics. He said, faithfulness. Number two, he put commitment. Number three, he put humility. Number four, he put loyalty. And his last one was obedience. And I saw this note in his Bible. And it said, If I will be responsible... God will do more for me than I can imagine. He wrote, we are servants. We are to serve, not be served. And he being dead, yet speaketh. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Galatians in the fifth chapter, and in the seventh verse, and he said these words, this is not what you want God to say to you. He said, you did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? That is not what you want to hear God saying. Oh, what a gathering, what a gathering of the faithful that will be. I am determined to... Hold out to the end. Jesus is with me. On him I can depend. I remember the old timers singing these songs. 
Paul, at the end of life's journey, said this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love is appearing. Folks, I just can't stress it enough to you that what God is looking for now is dependability, faithfulness, and just continue and do what God's called you to do to the best of your ability as long as you can possibly do it. You know, I think sometimes we get the wrong idea. We think some hotshot evangelist is going to get the biggest reward in heaven. We think maybe the pastor of the largest church that did well and preached the gospel, never compromised, he's going to get the largest reward when the rewards are handed out. But did you know our eternal reward has less to do with what type of ministry... We are given to do. But it has more to do with our faithfulness to fulfill to the end that which God has asked us to do. Some of the greatest rewards will probably be given to people whose names were never known on earth. But they were faithful to what God had called them to do. And since God had called them to do it and they were faithful, what a gathering of the faithful that will be. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. One of the saddest parts of my job unbelievable for me at least to think that I've been the superintendent of the main district since 1996 but one of the saddest parts of my job is when I've had to put my hand out like this and say give me your fellowship card I'm sorry you are no longer qualified to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ Because somebody began to live an unfaithful lifestyle. You know what? I want to be faithful to the end. God, I want to be faithful. I want to serve the Lord all the days of my life. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I can't imagine. Hear me now. I can't imagine. At the sunset of somebody's walk with God for them to begin to be unfaithful to God and then end up in a place that's not heaven I can't imagine now just just bear with me for a moment I can't imagine being in a place where the devil walks up and grabs me and lambs me up against the wall and says aren't you the guy that used to rebuke me in Jesus name yeah and you cast out some of my demons well, you're with me now forever. And the Bible said the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. You know what? I don't want that kind of a reward. I want the reward of the faithful. I may not be the best. I may not be the brightest. But I can be faithful. I want to be faithful. God doesn't care whether you were a ten talent person, a five talent person, or a one talent person. All God wants us to do is be faithful with what he's given us. And I do believe I'm preaching to people who understand perfectly. And I know there's people out there that are some of the most faithful people I've ever met in my life. So this is not something that I'm talking down to anybody. I'm just trying to tell you that in God's way of thinking, faithfulness is more important than talent. Faithfulness is more important than intelligence. Faithfulness is more important than good personality. God wants me to be faithful. And he says, be thou faithful in the death, and I will give you a crown of life. I'll never forget, I've, I've had a pr the privilege of knowing some of the pioneers of Pentecost. Some of you young folk never got to meet some of the elders, but I've got to rub shoulders with men like S.W. Chambers and N.A. Urshan and Carol Magruder and all kinds of 
people. J.T. Pugh. Some of these names some of you will recognize. Sister Priscilla Magruder. What a wonderful lady she was. And I remember Brother Pugh telling me that he had a dream one night. And he said in that dream, he was standing in line, and the line was moving rather slowly, and he heard God saying to people in front of him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful in a few things. Now enter into the joys of life. And he said, I woke up startled. And I woke myself up. I was yelling in my sleep. And I was saying, say well done to me. Say well done to me. He said, I woke up and I was shouting out loud, say well done to me. That's what I want to hear him say. And I want it almost as bad for you as I want it for me. I do not want to be a guy that goes to heaven alone. I want as many people that I was able to minister to, to be together as we're stepping up. And, and I want to hear him say to you, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. And I want to stand there and go, you made it. You did good. Well done. I would not want to be the pastor that moved the channel markers and required nothing and let everybody do whatever they want to. And then to have them look at me and say, Pastor, you knew. You didn't share. He just told me my name's not in the book. Oh, that would be the pastor's worst nightmare. Faithful. Be faithful. Be trustworthy. I think the greatest work for God is just beginning. I think we need several bus captains to volunteer for service and I think we need to raise some money and I think we need to start our bus ministry back up I, I think we're going to need more Sunday school teachers and I think we're going to need more of everything because there's a great harvest and the most important thing we need is laborers now the champion marched for 40 days saying, give me a man to fight. The Israelites said, I've got a great heart, but my feet are full of fright. Then a boy with a sling and a pocket full of rocks, he had to trust and pray. He said, run if you want to. Run if you will. But I came here to stay. So run if you want to, run if you will, but I came here to stay. If I fall down, I'm going to get right up because I didn't start out to play. It's a battlefield, brother, not a recreation room. It's a fight and not a game. So run if you want to, run if you will, but I came here to stay. Now the boys wouldn't bow, and the king got mad, and he said, turn that furnace up high. Tie them up, throw them in, those Hebrew boys are going to fry. But a little while later, he looked in the furnace, and he heard Brother Shadrach say, just pull up your chair and warm your hands, because we came here to stay. The decree had been signed by the hand of the king. Daniel couldn't talk to his lord. The hungry lions were pacing him in. Here comes supper again. 
But if you'd have been standing anywhere near, you'd have heard Brother Daniel say, if you're talking about me, just forget it, boys, because I came here to stay. Run if you want to. Run if you will. But I came here to stay. When I was a kid, they used to sing a song. Big John, Big Bad John. Anybody ever hear that song? I think Zedri's almost got it memorized. Do you? He might have. He's not admitting it right now. But the thing that got my attention was, it was the song about a guy who was faithful. Go on out of here, guys. And he holds up the beam that's starting to crack. And he was faithful unto death. And that got him the ballad. That's the ballad. What, that's what it's all about. Someone who is faithful and will stay with it no matter what. You know what? We have a great assignment together. I say the biggest days of the church are straight ahead. I say the biggest youth group has yet to be seen. And the biggest Sunday school classes and, and the most people saved. And, and I think we got the best team that we could possibly have. Now you run if you want to. You run if you will. But I've come here to stay. want to finish my course I want to keep the faith that was once delivered to the saints you know this is a relay race and I'm, I'm coming to the conclusion of my message tonight and it's a relay race that goes from one generation to the next and those of you who are sports minded you know that A, a relay race usually has four legs, four stages, run by a different member of the team. And the runner that is finishing one leg is required to, to pass on a baton to the next runner while both are running in a marked exchange zone. It's the most delicate moment of the race. When they pass the baton, one man is running and he's got his hands stretched out behind him in that exchange zone. The fellow that's finishing his particular leg is running and he's got his hands stretched out like that. If they drop the baton, the race is lost. It's the most delicate part of the whole race. There's a certain area, and I don't know too much about meters, but I know it's 30 meters long. And I know that the last runner is the fourth runner. And I know that fourth leg is called the anchor leg of the relay. And it's considered by most people to be the most important. As such, this leg is often comprised of the fastest and the toughest athlete on the whole team. I know there are some saying, this generation won't make the sacrifice. I know there are some saying that this generation, these people, won't make the commitment that those old farmers made back years ago that I heard them singing, what a gathering of the faithful this, that will be. I know people are saying that, but I believe they've judged you wrong. I read something in the book about the master of the feast coming to Jesus and saying, you've saved the best for last. I believe that right here in this building and online with me tonight, there are people who are able to do what God's called you to do. And I believe that God has reserved the best for last. 
In matter of fact, he said, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Listen, listen. We are the generation upon whom the ends of the world are come. We have a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of distractions going on. But I believe that God has handpicked you to be on this team. And we've got the last leg. We're the anchor of the race. We've got to reach out and grab that baton. I can't let everything else distract me. I can't get so involved in this world that I'm no heavenly good. God's called me. I have a mission. I don't know when that mission will be over. I didn't think Brother Stephen's mission would be over when he was 68. I was shocked to hear of Jessica... Kennedy passing a few days ago. I don't know when this journey will come to an end. I just know that I've been called and I heard God say, Be thou faithful unto death and I will give thee a crown of life. I believe that we can do something that will cause the whole state of Maine when they hear the name Augusta. They'll say, oh, that's where the Pentecostals are. I believe that God is ready to do some great stuff so that many, many people can come to the Lord. And I believe that God has called you, sir, and you, ma'am. I believe that God has called you and placed you on the team. We are not here by coincidental circumstance. We are here because of the hand of God. Who's willing to make the sacrifice to grab the baton? I remember my Sunday school teacher, Sister Jerry. Sister Jerry White. As an adult, I would come around the corner visiting home. She said, there's, there's Ricky, my Sunday school boy. Sister Jerry White's in heaven right now. But she passed me the baton. I, I, I can remember people who have been faithful to God and they would win people. I remember, Brother Ferris, I remember us going down many years ago to Alexandria. And I remember them bringing this man out who was a quadriplegic. And Brother Anthony Mangan said, this man has taught and I can't remember, it was a huge amount of Bible studies and we're looking at, the, at this guy and we're wondering how in the world could he do it? He's a quadriplegic. How does he teach all these Bible studies? And they said he'd take a pointer between his teeth and he'd flip the page with his head. And the line, the stage with people he had won to God. Oh, what a gathering of the faithful that will be. In a day when everything is crying for our attention and, 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 and the devil saying, you don't have time to pray anymore and you better not be involved in, in service to the king and it's going to be tough if you do this and it's going to be un easy if you do that and, and, and you're going to have to spend yourself you're going to be pulling at the oars in the lowest galley in the lowest bank of the galley and, and you may die living for God but you know what what a gathering of the faithful that will be be thou faithful unto death and I will give thee a crown First day of hunting season, brother says, I won't be going out on bus ministry this morning. It's the first day of hunting season. I was just young and excited about God. 
I said, brother, it only takes five minutes to get a deer. There was one time when I thought I might have heard him grumble. It's a little bit. But he came, and we did bus ministry, and he went out in the woods, and in five minutes he had a buck. I think it was the only buck he ever got. If we're not careful, we're going to put other things ahead of our mission. We have an opportunity. Would you like to be part of something that will literally sweep hundreds and thousands of people into the kingdom of God? Would you like to be a part of that? Well, God's called you. You grab that baton. This is the fourth leg. We're on a final leg of the race. You might be tired and you might be feeling like, oh my God, I don't feel like doing that tonight. I, I don't feel like going today. I don't, I don't feel like telling that man. I don't feel like going to that nursing home. I don't feel like going to that hospital. I don't feel like doing this or that. Be thou faithful unto death. And I will give thee a crown of life. Who's going to grab the baton? And by the way, I took this baton off the bookshelf that Brother Stevens used. This was his baton. Is there anybody in this house that wants to rise up and say, God, I may not be as qualified, I may not be as smart, I may not be as enabled, I may not be a lot of things, but there's one thing I promise to God I'm going to be. I'm going to be faithful with what you've given me. I'm going to be faithful to what you've called me to do. I'm going to be faithful to the mission that you've called me. And you, don't be deceived, God has called every one of you to a mission. Would you rise with me please? Boys, there may be a lot of things you might be good at, but the best thing I want you to be good at is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's first. Girls, there may be some things that you're really good at, and I hope you are. But the most important thing I want you to be good at is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Moms and dads, there's lots of things you can be involved in and, and all of them are not bad and you do have to have some recreation and you do have to have some fun and nobody's knocking that. But just remember the mission. Don't let that baton fall to the ground. Not on your watch. Take the baton. Run this anchor leg. We're almost to the finish line. Some of you have been living for God for many years. Your bodies are starting to hurt a little bit more. Aches and pains are a little bit greater. It takes more effort to do the same things you used to do effortlessly. I grabbed an air conditioner today and it grabbed me. My back is feeling it right now. I know it takes more effort now to do the things that I used to do. But Brother Roach, I promise God I'll be faithful. Faithful. I want to be faithful. I want to be faithful. I want God to look at me and say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant, you've been faithful. Enter thou into the joys of life. I want to leave this planet saying, look at the mission that God helped us to do. 
Look at all the people. Look at all the faces of all the people that are out there living for God and serving the Lord. Grandma, I don't even remember your name, but I remember you were praying down here. A little, little country church. I walked behind you. And God spoke to me and said, she's never been baptized in Jesus' name. I didn't know her from Adam. But I turned and I bent over her and I said, Grandma, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. I watched you, Grandma, as you begin to sob and through your fingers I heard you say, I want to be I was there, Grandma, when you went down in the water and I was there when you came out of the water speaking with other tongues. And right after that you went into eternity. But I'm glad I was able to tell you there's one thing you need to do before you go and you did it. I want to be faithful. Brother Ernie... You were in the hospital in the ICU, and your wife is here tonight. And you told me in those last few moments, Brother Stoops, I've never spoken with tongues. And Brother Ernie, when the nurse walked out of the room, you will remember, I closed the door, and I said, Brother Ernie, you need the Holy Ghost, but don't worry. I'm going to pray for you, and God's going to give you the Holy Ghost right now. And when I laid my hand on you, Brother Ernie, you started speaking in tongues. And that was the last time I saw you on this planet. But I was faithful to do what God called me to do. And, and I'm wondering, who's going to take this baton? Who's going to carry this race? Who's going to run this, this anchor leg? It's going to take some sacrifice. It's going to take some giving up of some pleasure. And giving up some of your choice time. And, and some of the things that you'd like to do. To go witness to some snotty-nosed kid. Or to go witness to some elderly person whose family has forgotten them and left them in a nursing home. Sister, I won't tell your name, but I was knocking doors in Augusta, and when you opened the door, you said, Pastor Stoops, and I looked and my eyes grew wide and your eyes grew wide because I didn't know you lived there and you didn't know I was coming to your door. And I called you by name and I said, you need to come back to church. And you looked at me and you said, Pastor, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about getting back in church. I'm glad you got back in church. Stay with it. Be thou faithful unto death. And I will give thee a, a crown of life. And, and I won't reveal who you are. But I saw you at a hot dog stand. And you were backslidden away from God. And we talked. And you came back. And you prayed through. And you're here tonight. Be thou faithful unto death. And I will give thee a crown of life. There's a lot of things that we could be doing besides teaching Bible studies. There's a lot of things that we could be doing besides working for God. But can you tell me anything more important than saving a soul from the fires of hell? Who will take this baton and carry it? Who will go to their generation I'm not going to let this thing fall. I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to go to the house of God when I could be sitting home drinking my iced tea. I'm just as human as you are. But there's a mission and I've got to be faithful to it until I die. And then he's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant.
I believe in you, sir. Where are you? I believe in you, ma'am. Where are you? I believe we have a good team. I don't believe what the devil's saying. He says they won't make the sacrifice. You might as well forget it. They're not going to make the sacrifice. I don't believe that. I believe there's people here that will make the sacrifice to do the work of God. I believe that they'll give up choice time to do what God has called them to do. I believe, I believe there are people who are willing to pull at the oars and they will do it and be faithful to it until the trumpet sounds. There are giftings that God wants to give out tonight. There are giftings that God wants to give. There's a call that God is sending out tonight to this church, to this people, to all those who are with us online. God is calling to us. We can't do this mission in our spare time. This is going to exhaust us somewhat. It's going to demand of us somewhat, but that's all right. God will make it back to you. I promise. And when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Seems like I used to hear somebody singing, singing, Won't that be a hallelujah meeting when we step on the other side? With the saints of old standing with the greeting to welcome us across the tide. We're going to lift our hands together, go shouting all through the land. And when you think it's just about ended, it'll happen all over again. Seemed like I heard somebody with a big bass voice saying that. Carry the baton. This is our leg now. This is our leg. I want everybody that would to come and join us at the front. If you would, please. Those are online. Just stay with us just for another moment. I want somebody to come forward that can feel what I'm feeling in my heart right now, God. I'm not doing this for any other reason except God called me. Come on, everybody. Come on. Come on, you're all a part of this. Don't hold back. Come on. God's called you. Would you lift your voices and your hands with me right now and will we just ask God to help us? Help me to be that faithful person that you called me to be. Help me, Lord, to be faithful in the good days and faithful on the sorrowful days and faithful when things are going great and faithful when things aren't going so great. Great is thy faithfulness. Now help me to be faithful to you. Lord Jesus, I want to do this mission so much. I want to do it, Lord. You put a desire in my heart. Now I want to do it, God. I feel the Holy Ghost. All right. Now in the name of Jesus Christ, let there be an anointing that comes upon this people. God, I believe these people are willing. I believe they're good people that you've called, that every one of these people have been handpicked by you, Lord. And I pray in the name of Jesus, you would help us to be faithful to our calling, to what you've called us to do. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, help us to put you first above everything and everybody, every pleasure, everything, Lord. You are first in my life and it must remain so until you call me home. Help me to complete my task. God, whatever it was that you had for me to do, help me to complete that before you call me home. I pray. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
wow, let the Holy Ghost be poured out. God, let the Holy Ghost be poured out. Let the Holy Ghost be poured out. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Wow. Hallelujah. What a gathering of the faithful that will be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow or turning with thee. Thou changest not thy passions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Lord unto me. Now Jesus, fill us with the Holy Ghost. Let us all go forth into the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Oh Lord, let us pray. Let us believe. Let us witness. Let us serve the Lord. Let us be faithful to the place that you've called us to be. Help us to do what you've called us to do. Hallelujah, Lord. And not to turn around nor even to look back. But oh, here we are, God, to serve the Lord. Hallelujah, my mind's made up Lord I got my mind made up thank you Jesus thank you Jesus